listening to the Learning to Believe Again podcast with your host, Brittany Bexton. Where do you begin when you're learning to believe again? Hi, everyone, and welcome to the podcast. This week, I'm going to continue discussing inner healing and deliverance and how it can clear the way in our own lives for breakthrough to happen, for promises to be fulfilled. Sometimes there are sneaky things lurking in our minds, in our pasts, that actually need to be broken off of our lives. It could be something in the bloodline that we didn't even know about. It could be internal vows and bitter root judgments or expectancies that we have had that we might have not even been aware of. But those things have actually been hindering progress in our lives in some way or another. And we can change that. We can shift that by recognizing them and repenting of those things and breaking them off of our lives and receiving the truth in those places. So I discussed a lot of different topics in relation to inner healing and deliverance in our episode last week, but I left off on inner vows because I knew it would be too much for one episode. And I actually am going to have a guest on not this episode, but in the future to share her own story about dealing with an inner vow and how much it actually affected her. But today, I'm just going to talk to you about what an inner vow is and how it can form. And I want to just give us a scripture to start this out. It doesn't talk specifically about inner vows, but this scripture actually does deal with some of the things that we're talking about. It is 2 Timothy 2, 25-26. It says, Gently instruct those who oppose the truth. Perhaps God will change those people's hearts and they will learn the truth. Then they will come to their senses and escape from the devil's trap, for they have been held captive by him to do whatever he wants. Now, that translation is a lot different than some others. These translations of this particular verse vary widely. Some of them say that God has granted them his gracious gift of repentance so that they completely escape the trap of the enemy. There are other versions of the verse that say things along the lines of that they will be sobered up and come fully to the truth and fully to repentance so that they escape the trap of the enemy. There are a number of different translations of that verse, but it actually talks about repentance. And repentance actually means an awakening to the truth. Something that they couldn't see before, that they are actually brought to the truth, so they escape the trap of the enemy. Now we say we repent. When we choose to repent, we turn away from what is wrong, and we turn to God. But the act of repentance that God gives us as a gift is the awakening to these things. And the reason I feel like this is an important verse that relates to what we're talking about is because a lot of the things that the enemy tries to hold over us to hinder breakthrough at times or to hinder the progression towards a promise from God are actually legalistic things that we might not even know about. As we mentioned last week, they could be bloodline issues from someone in your family that you knew nothing about. They could be 
these sneaky judgments that you didn't even realize you had made about somebody. They can be bitter root expectancies where you had such an awful experience in something that a part of you expects it to happen again. You know, it can be an inner vow. So God actually has to reveal those things to us and bring us to the truth. So we need the godly repentance to have that revealed. We need to see what is that. And it says here that we can gently instruct those who oppose the truth. So it might be that someone's not meaning to oppose the truth, but they've actually believed a lie. And we instruct them through what we do know, and it brings this revelation. It brings this repentance from the Lord that goes, oh my goodness, it's that aha moment, that awakening. And when we receive repentance, and when we repent, we completely escape the trap of the enemy. And that means the enemy cannot hinder us. The enemy cannot hinder breakthrough. This is why repentance is so important. And it's why inner healing and deliverance is important, because when we recognize the lies, we can break them. We break agreement with them, and we come into agreement with the truth. We come to repentance, and we escape the trap of the enemy. So how does that relate to an inner vow? So what is an inner vow? An inner vow is a thought or spoken out vow that someone makes about something. And they believe it internally. So what can this look like? I realize that sounds very vague on its own. But what this can look like is maybe someone has been through a horrible, horrible relationship and they were abused terribly. And they make an inner vow that they will never be hurt like that again. That same inner vow could be made about someone who didn't have an abusive relationship, but maybe they were married, they had a very difficult breakup, things didn't work out, it was heart-wrenching and gut-wrenching for them to go through the divorce, and they made an inner vow that they would never let themselves be hurt like that again. That would be an example of an inner vow. I have actually heard of a pretty well-known minister, Francis Miles, and his wife. There was a book that he wrote that discussed this, and I can't remember the name of the book right now, so please forgive me. I wanted to pull it up and tell you, but I could not come up with it right away. But Francis Miles wrote this book, and in it he talks about calling the fragmented pieces of somebody's soul back to them and how inner vows can actually cause fragmentation of someone's soul in the future because they've made a vow about the future and they have to bring those pieces of themselves back to the now. And there's this story of he and his wife, but they were not married yet in this story. And they were praying for someone along these lines. And then they felt that they needed to pray themselves in that way. And they did. And the next day, his now wife got a huge breakthrough. Well, here's the backstory. Francis Miles had proposed to his now wife about six times. I might be getting the number wrong, but many, many times. And she kept telling him no. They worked together. They knew each other. They were friends, but she kept telling him no. She couldn't bring herself to go there. And she didn't even really understand why. And I believe a friend had told me about this. I did not read it myself. Not yet. 
But I believe that the Lord had even spoken to her about him being her husband, but she could not bring herself to say yes or to move forward with him. And she did not understand why. Until that day, they prayed those prayers. And lo and behold, the next day she woke up and she knew that he was her person and she wanted to marry him. And it happened overnight. And she had asked God about it and he had said, well, you know, it might take years for a city to be torn down, but I can rebuild a city in a day. And it was revealed to her over time. I don't know if this was revealed to her before they prayed that or after, but that she had actually made an inner vow at some point that she would never marry a black man or an Asian man. And I don't know why she had made this inner vow. Maybe she had bad experiences with people of those ethnicities. I don't even know what ethnicity she is because I've never seen Francis Miles' wife. Francis Miles is black. So she had made this inner vow at some point in her life. And she meets her now husband who is right for her, and he loved her, and he knew she was the one, and part of her even knew because the Lord had spoken to her about it, but she just couldn't bring herself to go there because there was this inner vow that needed to be broken, and it wasn't until she broke that inner vow that she was able to move forward. I have also heard of people making inner vows from childhood where they had had bad experiences with male children. And they actually made an internal vow when they were young and didn't even realize it, that they would never have a son. And then later on in life, they were struggling with infertility and this woman had miscarriage after miscarriage and she didn't understand why. And it turned out that this inner vow that she had made was actually causing her to miscarry every male child that she became pregnant with. Mind-blowing, right? Once she was made aware of it, she was able to break this inner vow, renounce it, repent of ever making it, break it, renounce it, and break it off of her life and ask forgiveness for those places. And guess what? She was able to get pregnant right afterward. So we see how inner vows can actually cause mega hindrances in our lives They almost kept Francis Miles' wife from marrying him until she figured it out and broke it. It actually caused infertility for this woman until she realized what was going on and she broke it and she repented. So inner vows are a big deal. Now, when we are made aware of these things, when we recognize these things, when we do this soul searching with the Holy Spirit and he reveals them, then we can repent and completely escape the trap of the enemy so that the enemy cannot mess with us or our lives anymore. That's why Francis Miles' wife was able to marry him. That's why this woman was able to get pregnant afterwards, because she came out of agreement with this lie, that inner vow. Inner vows are generally false beliefs or things that are ungodly vows. So there are godly vows, like we can vow to always serve Jesus Christ with our lives. That's a godly vow. There's nothing wrong with that. But when we make inner vows to protect ourselves or out of some sort of judgment, then it actually is ungodly and it can hinder our walk, it can hinder our lives, and it can hinder our breakthroughs until we deal with those things. So we want to deal with those things. 
I mentioned a very common inner vow at the beginning of this episode, and that was that an inner vow can look like someone saying they will never let themselves be hurt like that again. I have heard of people saying that they would never trust XYZ again. Maybe it was a man who said he would never trust another woman again, or a woman who said she would never trust another man again. Did you know that that phrase that all women are crazy, that is actually an inner vow of sorts. It's not really a vow, but it's a lie that they have to come out of agreement with. That's a lie. That creates a bitter root expectation, but it's a lie. Not all women are crazy. But if someone believes that, what do you think they're going to experience? So we need to break these lies. We need to break these ungodly inner vows off of our lives completely so that we can freely receive the gifts that God has for us and that the enemy has no legal ground to mess with us, none. So how do we do that? Well, you need to be aware of it first. Holy Spirit needs to help you with that because sometimes people make inner vows when they're young, young, young children and they don't even recognize it or they don't even remember it. But the Holy Spirit can reveal that to you. You can ask the Holy Spirit. You can say, God, Holy Spirit, Have I made any ungodly inner vows in my life that I need to know about and I need to break? And then let him speak to you about it. Now, a way to do this too, you want to look at patterns in your life that are not healthy, that have repeated. Maybe it's illness issues. You might want to look at that. Maybe it's an issue in relationships. You want to look at that. What could this be related to? What is it attracting? And ask Holy Spirit if there is an inner vow related to those things that's causing trouble. Because you can only imagine if someone made an inner vow that they will never trust the opposite sex again, then they could have some pretty deep trouble moving forward with the opposite sex in a healthy, godly relationship. Because they aren't allowing themselves to actually have the true intimacy that you need to have a healthy, loving relationship in a godly way. So you need to break those things and deal with them. So ask Holy Spirit to reveal it. Now I'm going to use that example of, you know, someone saying that they would never let themselves be hurt like that again. Because why is that ungodly? You might think why, why? I mean, maybe they, they shouldn't ever end up in abuse again. You're right. They shouldn't, they can learn from their mistakes. However, we are not our own protectors. Do we make choices that affect our lives? Absolutely. Do we have to learn how to set healthy boundaries to protect ourselves? Absolutely. Do we sometimes allow behavior in our lives and teach people a way to treat us that's not healthy? Yes. We do need to learn healthy boundaries. We need to learn to make wise choices so that we are not opening the doors to these unhealthy things. However, We cannot protect ourselves and that is not our job because we cannot control everything in the world and we cannot control other people. And if we make a point in an inner vow to protect ourselves, we're actually putting up walls that can keep God out and that can keep the right people away from us. So we need to break those things and tear down those walls so that God can get in and the right people can get in and and we can be blessed. 
Because God is our protector. And anytime we try to protect ourselves or another in place of God being the protector, it's actually ungodly. And we put up walls instead of doors. It's okay to have doors to keep the bad out and let the good in. But when we have a wall in place of a door, it's a problem because we can't let the good in if, we're, if there's a wall where there should be a door. So how do you break an ungodly vow? You start by repenting. Repent, repent, repent. When you have a doubt, repent it out. So you start by repenting. You repent for creating the ungodly inner vow. And you come out of agreement with it. You break the lie. You divorce yourself from that ungodly inner vow. You repent of any place that you came into agreement with that lie. You divorce yourself from the lie. You renounce it. And then you ask God to forgive you. To forgive you for each place that you possibly came into agreement with that lie. You ask him to forgive you for making the inner vow. And the beauty is that God forgives He gave Jesus on the cross so that we would be forgiven. We are forgiven by the blood of Jesus Christ. When you repent, you are forgiven. So then you receive his forgiveness into those places. And then you break that ungodly vow. You thank God that it is broken, that it is severed, that it has no effect over your life anymore that it cannot operate in your life anymore, and that no patterns related to that vow can operate in your life anymore. It is broken now in the name of Jesus Christ. And then you invite Jesus, you invite the Holy Spirit, you invite God into those places. Every place that that inner vow took up in you, you invite the Holy Spirit into that place. And you ask God, to fill those places in you. If you had made an inner vow about self-protecting instead of letting him protect you, repent for looking anywhere but to God for protection and ask him and receive his covering and his protection and thank him for it. And then speak blessings over yourself. You receive the goodness of God. You receive the healthy, loving relationships that you deserve. You receive the covering and the protection and the help of God. You thank God for giving you those things. So when we get rid of what doesn't belong, we always want to bring the Holy Spirit into those places and we want to receive the goodness of God and the opposite of the ungodly things that we just rejected. We want to receive the opposite of those things, the godly replacement for that. So a simple example would be if we get rid of fear, we receive peace and we receive strength, and we receive courage from the Lord our God, the one true God. And in every place that fear used to occupy now, we are filled with the power of the Holy Spirit, which is strength and counsel and might. And we have strength and courage and might in each of those places where fear used to reside. So we receive the blessings of God in those places. That is how you break an ungodly inner vow. So I'm going to stop us there this week. I know that's a lot to chew on. 
And I want to give you this assignment if you are brave enough to take it on. And I know that you are. You just have to make the decision. Ask the Lord, are there any ungodly inner vows that you have made in your life that you need to repent of? Maybe start with the things that are easy to recognize, some unhealthy pattern that has recurred in your life or some issue that you're dealing with and ask the Lord, is there an ungodly inner vow that I have made that relates to this? Or is there some sort of lie that I have been believing that relates to this? And then listen. You just take time and you sit with the Lord. Pay attention to what he reveals. Do you see a picture in your mind? Does a memory come to your mind suddenly? Do you have a thought that comes out of the blue? Do you hear him say something? Pay attention to what comes in immediately. Don't think too hard. Focus on your heart. But pay attention to those things that just pop up all of a sudden. Maybe he brings to mind a memory. Whatever he brings to mind, write it down. It might not make sense right away. But then look at those things that he has brought up. What about those things stands out? Is there something related to that memory that maybe, maybe it was a traumatic memory. Maybe it was a memory that you didn't even think was a big deal, but suddenly he's bringing it to mind. You're like, well, that did hurt my feelings. Did I do something after that? There might be an inner vow related to that picture or that image or that memory or that thought that came into your mind. So let the Holy Spirit speak to you. And then when you do hear from the Lord, go about breaking those vows. Now, there might be a vow that you actually know that you have made. Sometimes people know that they've made an inner vow and they know now that they need to break it. So go through the process of breaking it and receiving the Holy Spirit into those places. The amazing thing is that even though we may have messed up in our lives, even though we may have made ungodly inner vows or have come into agreement with lies at some point in our lives, we have the power now to repent and break it. And we receive the forgiveness of God in those places. And the beauty is that when we repent, it has no power over us anymore. It is as far away from us as the east is to the west and the road has been cleared for God to enter in. The road has been cleared for us to enter into the promised land. The road has been cleared for our promise to come running to us. So we do the work, but we don't do it from a place of helplessness or hopelessness. We do it from a place of victory because we know that Jesus Christ already took our sins on the cross and forgave us. So what we do is we just break them and we apply the blood of Jesus Christ to each of those places that were affected. And then we receive his blessings. So I hope that encourages you today that if there is an area that you have dealt with delay, stagnancy, or you have felt stuck, or you have experienced just a loop or a pattern of unhealthy repetition, that it's broken as soon as you repent. And we just say, Lord, reveal to us this day anything 
that could have been said or done in our lives that could be hindering breakthrough. Show it to us now so that we can repent and repent fully and so that we can freely receive the blessings and promises that you have for us. And God, we thank you that by the power of the blood of Jesus Christ, we are made righteous and we are forgiven so that we can freely receive the blessings and the promises that you, God, the one true God, have for our lives in the mighty and matchless name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Amen. I hope this blessed you and I hope you have a wonderful week. I will talk to you next week. Where do you begin?